0: Good morning. This is Michael Stoller for the Stoller Report on the Cash Roundtable. This morning, I have the honor of having my friend Brian Cohn, a partner at Goldston & Stores. Brian has gu- guided many of New York City's most complex developers, investors, multi-generation families, and private equity firms in complex transactions in every asset class. Brian's firm, Ghost in the Stores, has over 250 attorneys, across the New York, Boston, and Washington, D.C. office. Ghost in has been ranked among the top ten real estate practices in the U.S. by Law 368. Brian, happy to have you over here. What's happening in the world of real estate? Well, You're so seeing the good, bad, and the ugly.
1: We're seeing a lot of different things. And thank
0: you, Michael, for having me. What we're
1: seeing a lot of is, first of all, there is transactional activity a lot of multifamily investment in New York City, ground-up development, but only to the extent that it has 421A qualifications. And in those transactions, there seems to be a good amount of interest both in uh, construction financing for those projects
0: and also in the equity that's needed. So what do you need today for with, with regard to equity? Because I know you've been involved with two transactions in Brooklyn.
1: So. What we're finding is is you need to have a very strong credit-worthy developer entity. So that could be a developer with a lot of experience or a developer with a lot of experience in credit that's also combined with maybe a, uh, another investor or other party that's familiar to the lending community. But the key is, is to, when you're putting together these deals, is to make sure that the credit-worthiness of the developer is something that the lenders and the lender
0: community will be comfortable with. So uh, as they would say, are there lenders in the market today if they meet the qualifications with the debt service coverage, with the loan to value, with the amount of equity? So we're finding it depends what asset class.
1: So on the ground-up development, With respect to construction, we've had some really good experiences. For example, we've closed uh, uh, deals in New York with uh, Santander. We've closed some deals in New York with a variety of other uh, debt funds and providers, including something called Hall Financial, which we recently closed a $52 million uh, uh, ground-up construction loan with. When it comes to the office market, uh, and this is something I know you've had a lot of folks talk about, it's a lot more challenging. and what we're finding is is some of the traditional lenders are comfortable lending on a very low LTV loan to value basis, provided that they have a pre-existing relationship with the owners. So many of our multi-generational family clients are seeing success with banks like, for example, Apple Bank, um, where they have a, a long history. Uh, of having multiple loans that have been originated, have gone through their cycle and paid off.
0: What's happening to the loans that have to be recast? Because, you know, five years ago they got a loan at 3%, and now the five year rate is seven and a quarter. Well, it's, it's a
1: complicated situation, as you know. One of the issues that we're finding is uh, there's something that people refer to as a cash in refi, which may sound pretty simple, but that actually means that more equity needs to go into. Um, into the asset in order to reduce the amount of debt that's required. And in order to rebalance these loans and restructure them, we're finding that if you have a well-capitalized um, owner that sees a future for that asset, then they are either willing to themselves or you know to go out there into the marketplace to raise additional equity in order to continue on with that asset. But for those assets where they may not see a path forward, that
0: becomes a lot more complicated. What happens when you have to return the asset to the bank or to the debt fund over there? Okay, with, and also with regard to prop, uh, transfer tax. That's an
1: excellent question. There's a lot of complications there. But the, the broader issue is is when you have an asset that's distressed and you're looking to hand it back or hand over the keys, it's never as simple as it sounds. So, for example, a lot of times the lenders will look at the asset and they'll say, listen, maybe there's a way that we could work it out. But the problem is is that a lot of these lenders have already had that conversation from sometime between 2020 and, you know, within a few years after the pandemic, they've already extended their, um, their loan and their commitment. So the problem is is when you go to hand back a, an asset to a bank, You have to understand not only what your exposure is as a borrower, but what are the exposures of the guarantors under that asset. And one of those exposures could be for the borrower is that when the asset is delivered back to the bank, it's considered two things. Number one, a a transfer of real property. And in New York City, the combined New York City and New York State tax is slightly in excess of like 3%. And someone has to pay that. Step two is there are also issues where when you're handing back a property or, 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 or basically doing some sort of a workout where you're relieved as a borrower from an obligation, there could be an exposure to something called forgiveness of indebtedness income. Otherwise, you're paying tax on something called phantom income. So the structure from the borrower's perspective is very complicated, and each tr- uh, transaction is, um, is different. And requires a lot of analysis and, and, and a thoughtful approach.
0: Let's talk about the, uh, the transactions with regard to uh, office buildings being converted to residential.
1: Well, uh, those are very interesting transactions, and actually there's been a few over time that have been announced. But the, the, the challenge with a lot of those transactions is, uh, number one, does it make sense from an architectural perspective? Some of the really older stock that was actually – built and designed for light and air before we had the kinds of air conditioning and lighting that we have, those are assets that may make sense from an architectural perspective. And what I mean by that from a sort of business perspective is they aren't as costly to renovate. But if you think about it, if you take an office asset, you have to deal with existing tenants and perhaps their rights to remain in the building. You have to deal with the whole issue of these were designed as office buildings and sort of figuring out how to redesign the entire core of how that would work. Sometimes it just for on a per square foot basis, um, you just can't make it work. So I think that there is uh, there are assets out there that would make sense, but they're limited, more limited than a lot
0: of us imagine. Let's talk about the office market in general, okay? You know, we have an A, B, and a C Mm-hmm. Well, and the B and the C are <laughs> rather close to each other. What's your thoughts? Okay. Well, let's break it down since
1: you did it that way. So the A seems to be doing just fine in many cases. There's a lot of excitement for particularly the financial community invest in A buildings, uh, like a, a One Vanderbilt or some of the new um, product that's, that's been redeveloped either up and down Park Avenue or in Hudson Yards. The B and C buildings are interesting there is an argument there'll always be a need for those kinds of buildings for rents that aren't that are that are the kind of rents that you know people can afford but the the issue is is for a lot of the c buildings is that there is they're so capital intensive so one thing that a lot of people don't think about is if the building isn't cash flowing and particularly if it 's owned by uh, a number of different parties who aren't interested in putting additional money into it well then where is the money to re-tenant that building when either a tenant leaves either because they um, have defaulted on their lease or in the natural course their lease is over where is the money for the tenant improvements where Where's is going to be the money for the brokerage commissions and there you have a real problem okay with, with regard to retail what's your thoughts about retail today so you know, retail is an interesting thing, right? Because with this work from home, uh, that's that's really sort of taken hold. There's a lot of retail that I think is available now for restaurants and stores because there's more people around during the day. It really depends, obviously, on the location. One of the interesting things is is that because retail has been struggling for so long, there's been a longer period of time for. Um, the owners and the lenders to sort of work out their problems and come to a place where they can adjust their rents and they can sort of make new leasing deals work. And the neat thing about that is we're seeing a lot of, particularly in New York City, we're seeing a lot of new restaurants and stores and concepts that are opening up that couldn't afford to when the market was at its height. What about hospitality? Well, hospitality is interesting. I think the one important takeaway whenever we talk about hospitality is that we really set, set it aside from real estate because it's an actual operating business. Uh, as New York has recovered and there are a lot of constraints on building hospitality, I think that there's a real future for hospitality um, growth. One of the challenges is like similar to office buildings, it's, it's, it's incredibly capital intensive. And requires a lot of capital and therefore a lot of debt to refinance it over time, to be able to keep it relevant and keep it fresh. And so, one of the challenges of hospitality is is the need, particularly after COVID nineteen and the period of time in which it laid fallow, a lot of these properties need more capital and more debt.
0: Okay, yeah. more debt. It's tru- As tru- you remember, in the days when I was on television with my crystal apple. So how do you look at the balance of the year with, like, 20 seconds left? I think it's going to be a little bit slow
1: and quiet with an opportunities for investors to look at distressed transactions and ways that they can
0: use their available capital to create value. Okay. I'd like to thank Brian Cohn, partner at Glistened Stores, for being here. See you next week. Thank you.